You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like MF Uncensored and Cinematic Adventures. And speaking of Cinematic Adventures, today we have a guest host, a host that is guesting that is currently not a current host guesting hosting currently. And that is from Cinematic Adventures itself, Sean. Sean, how are you? today i don't know i'm kind of feeling like you know really don't want to talk about what we're going to talk about well sean we're going to and by uh, the way i'm paul i'm the actual host oh that's right sean's you are. The, and sean's the guesting host i am the guest host so i guess i have to just have to follow whatever you want to do yes this is going to be painful this could be <laughs> yeah ronnie's gonna be sad he missed this one no he's not no he's not but anyway we we, we racked our brains because we were like what do you want to talk about before ant-man comes out you know let's and then we, we got to a, a point where it was like, let's talk about crappy superhero movies. Mm, there we, are a lot of them. We debated at first. We we wanted to talk about Son of the Mask at one point. Or Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dick. But anyway, I love that movie. It was on last night. I was watching it. But anyway. So we, we ended up... What what's this is this? what happens when you invite me to come on the multiverse? I'm sorry. I'm just gonna edit you out. That's fine. It's just gonna be me talking one-sided the entire time. And you just hear Melanie in the background. <laughs> But so we are talking about uh, we're talking about actually more of a French uh, franchise, a very strong word, a character that's been used a few times and given a sequel and then done better on Netflix. And we are finally talking about the 2003 film Daredevil. Woof. Does it deserve a woof? No, I will be. I'm I'm an actual mild defender of this movie. I think it's an okay movie. It is very okay. It's watchable. It's. It has not aged especially well with the effects. The effects oh, were rough no. to begin with. Oh, yeah. Those PlayStation 2 effects. But what are your first initial thoughts though on it? Oh, well, it's... I guess what you could say about it is it falls into the category of Spider-Man came out. We just have to find whatever we can to make a comic book movie. This was the time. And who's the biggest star out there right now? Well, it's Ben Affleck. All right. So I guess we got to make Ben Affleck a comic book hero. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to just star-studded cast of 2003. It's him, it's Colin Farrell, and you know we're just going to put them all together and make this you know big budget movie about a blind superhero. And what could go are. wrong? What could go wrong? So, yeah, it went wrong. It went wrong. So, the movie comes out and... It it did it did well. Yeah. Like on a budget of seventy eight million, it, it rolled around and got one hundred seventy nine. Like that's that's it's, it. Hey, doubled its it doubled its uh, its budget. It you know it made money, but it was also a bit of a joke of a movie. Yes, and unfortunately, that comes from some very questionable decisions. Well, the writing, the right, the writing itself isn't the issue for me. Casting. The, even the casting, there's just some we, like you. Ha- we'll talk about the cast in a second, but you have like Michael Clark Duncan was inspired. Yeah, he was really good in it. It really um, had nothing to do. Yeah, but I, I, you look at the director, Mark, Mark Steven Johnson. I'm not too familiar with him, but there are some very strange choices that they make in this movie that I, I have a lot of questions about. So first and foremost, you have Ben Affleck playing Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, and. He he does a fine job. I think he does a, a better job as Matt Murdock than he does as Daredevil. But there there are some actually some 
there's some cheesy dialogue, yes, but I, do, I really actually do like the scene where they first introduced Daredevil. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's in the bar. Yeah. And they're like, who, you know, like, who are you, like, what are you looking for? What are you here for? Justice. Justice. Like, it's cheesy, but like, I think the, the aesthetic of it works. And they do not shy away from Daredevil killing people in this. No. Like, I mean, there's there's an uncut, there's an unrated version of this movie. There's an R-rated version, which is much better, yeah. and it has a whole subplot involving Coolio. Because when I think, how do I make my movie better in the early 2000s? Throwing Coolio. Yeah, yeah. Worked for Batman and Robin. It did work for Batman and Robin. <laughs> I can't. But, all right, who who's... I know normally we do this on Cinematic Adventures, but since you're here, who is the, who'd win in a better lawyer fight? Matt Murdock or Fletcher Reed from Liar Liar? <laughs> I gotcha. You weren't ready for that one. Fletcher Reed. Fletcher Reed. I was like, that name? And then you were like, from Liar Liar. I was like, oh, that's funny. Uh, Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock? Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll go with that too. Even though Fletcher Reed does win the case with the truth, even that's though true. It, uh, she, they wouldn't have won the case. But anyway, that's a story for Cinematic Adventures. Liar Liar. That's one we got to do. But so basically. Matt Murdock, Daredevil, he's he's blind after a childhood accident. I think they do a good job establishing that that backstory with him and his dad. I think that stuff's actually really good. And afterwards, he's able – all of his super senses are like dialed up to 11. And it's it's during that montage that you start to see some of the cheesy, like the, the wire work, the, the weird flips. And I think that this movie really suffers during that playground fight scene. That is where the movie just goes weird far. And it is just – cringy to watch and it's even cringier like especially nowadays like his relentless pursuit of Electra is a little a little much there guy she said no relax so well let's talk about Electra then we have Jennifer Gardner because they were they were the thing too I think I don't think they were dating yet not yet but I would ask producer Melanie she knows J-Lo J-Lo's history very well so I'm sure she knows when Ben Affleck and her hair you know her split up and all that you see all the memes of them from the Grammys where he just looks so miserable. He looks miserable. And I'm like, dude, you have J-Lo on your lap. Like, come on, What is wrong with you? I know. Seriously. I mean, I have my wife, which is way better than J-Lo. So, you know. Yeah. Even she's in the background going, about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got Jennifer Garner playing Electra Nachos. And she does okay. There no, were... Nothing against Jennifer Garner. I think any actress could have played that role. Yeah. There, there was, was nothing, nothing nothing that she brought that was... That's that why I also think anyone could have played Daredevil. I don't think Ben Affleck brought anything to the character that was like, oh wow, that was inspired. Yeah, it's not It wasn't like... Christian Bale playing Batman. Or even, and we'll talk about it, it wasn't uh, Charlie Cox playing Daredevil. No, Charlie Cox is much... Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, like, but it's also... Charlie Cox had... You know, a whole show to work. You know, he, he he had a long time to really you know get into the character yeah. and stuff. I I will give Affleck those kudos going back to him. He does a good job portraying a blind character. Like it, it's not. I'm sure it's not easy. You know, Charlie Cox has done a lot of interviews about how much trouble he has like adjusting afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I I think they they do a serviceable job. They have good chemistry with the two with each other, Affleck and Gardner. Obviously, they go on to date, and I think they were married too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So like. They do a good job, but again, it's. I feel like a lot of this was rushed, and it was like, all right, let's let's do all these beats from the comic book. There's a, a fair amount of beats from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Scene of Bullseye stabbing her, like with the, the side poking out the other end. That's from the comics. Like, yeah. it, it's intense. Some some of it's a little little much, but I don't know. It's just, and we'll talk about the soundtrack too. The soundtrack in this movie is wild. It's so early two thousands. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think I had the soundtrack. Like, oh, God. It, it's got some bangers on it. All right, relax. God. Uh, yeah. I can't well, say anything. I had the Batman Forever soundtrack. The Batman soundtrack, throw it. But Batman Forever soundtrack, the only song I'll ever say is A Kiss from a, from a Rose. Oh, like, that's a great that's song. That's a great song. But, like, this one had a lot of evanescence. You had, like, Bring Me to Life, stuff like that. It had some, it had actually had some good songs on it, but it was just, it's one of those, they don't do this in movies anymore where they build a scene almost around the music. Mm. Like, it, it's very rare that you get, like, any sort of like, especially lyric music. Avengers doesn't have any lyric music. Right. Like it's all instrumental stuff. So it, it this was a weird time for that. Well, but, it was, it's that time. It was the early two thousands, as you said, and it was like you know, it's it wasn't trying to be you know Superman with you know classical movie score. It wasn't you were trying to be Batman. It was doing something different. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I guess I could say oh, props to you, but it just didn't work yeah ironically now it's kind of annoying like as much as i love the x-men theme song they keep trying to drop it in all these marvel movies and i'm like i love it but like no i feel like when they do the x-men movie finally they will incorporate that theme somehow just like how they did for spider-man you know doing the theme song that's true yeah they've done it in every spider-man michael clark duncan is wilson fisk slash the kingpin like dude he gained 40 pounds like I, I cannot believe he's huge in this. Yeah. He also did some voice work for the Kingpin in one of the Spider-Man animated shows. And oh, okay. like, let, let's address, address the elephant. Yes. Kingpin in the comics is white. That that's one thing. But like, I think Michael Clark Duncan does a fantastic, he is an imposing force in this. He's probably one of the brighter spots of the movie. And as much as I like who plays him in the, the TV show, help me out uh, here. Vincent D'Onofrio. As much as I love Vincent D'Onofrio in it, I still really did enjoy Michael Clark Duncan. I enjoyed it too, but again, just didn't have anything to do. Different vibe. Very different vibe too. Like, yeah. they, I don't think he was as much of a psychotic as Vincent D'Onofrio played. No, he was, he was definitely more, more the business. Brute, brute business, brute force. He you was. Know. You could definitely tell he was an enforcer at one point, but now he, he rose up and he yeah. didn't do it probably through violence. <laughs> but anyway... Again, he is just like, I can't ever say enough about how big, like, that's a guy I would not want to fight. Speaking of guys I would want to fight, Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Whew. You don't like Colin Farrell as Bullseye? I'm, I'm torn on it, right? Like, Dare, like Ben Affleck treats Daredevil very somber. Like, there, there's a great moment where he's like, I'm not the bad guy, after, like, this kid watches him beat up his dad, who's a criminal. And, like, he, he's very he's very reserved. And even, like, Elektra, even Michael Clark Duncan, as you said, like, they're they're all very... Low key. Then there's Colin Farrell, who comes in and he cheeses up this role. And I think I would have liked it better in a movie that fit that tone a little bit better. But they were trying to be like dark and somber. And then you had Ben Affleck flicking peanuts into old ladies' mouths to kill them. Colin Farrell. Him too. All right. But it's it's very jarring for Colin Farrell. And then I still will argue that having him have the branded bullseye on his forehead, eh, I could have lived without it. And, of course, the Matrix look that he had. Well, this is also Colin Farrell really when he was taking off. Mm. I mean, this is right after Minority Report, which was a big, you know, role for him. So he was really kind of starting to become, you know, a big leading man type actor. It's, and it's he's funny. really turned his career around, I think, and he's really he's become more of a character actor. Oh yeah, I mean, we loved him in in the Batman. Oh, he was great. We, he's just got and, an Oscar nomination for the Banshees of Inisherin. I think really us for us the turning point was in Bruges. In Bruges was fantastic. Like that was where we kind of learned that he did have some. He had some dramatic chops. He had some good comedic timing. He, that mm-hmm. was that was a film that balanced much better. But for this film, like it's weird because they did 
do Bullseye in Daredevil, like yeah. in the in the last season on Netflix. And again, maybe it's because they had more time to do it. You know, they had a whole season to, to establish the character and get. But it was like that was Bullseye. Like he was able to pick up something and, and he would toss it and it'd be like a dangerous weapon. And this, like he did it, but like I still the one scene that always makes me roll my eyes is when he kicks the glass out and then he catches each piece. And then the first one, he kind of spins and throws it all. And like, I don't know if you've ever like picked up a stack of paper plates and then tried to throw that stack of paper plates by turning around in a circle. I haven't, but I'm going to pretend like I totally have. It doesn't work like that. No, no, it doesn't work at well at all. That's a bummer. Yeah. I'm not allowed to, that's why I'm not allowed to use glass plates anymore in the house. (laughs) But anyway, so it's, it's weird. And again, he had a very, the long coat matrixy look of the early 2000s. Can't make it up. Now this one's fun. John Favreau as Foggy Nelson. He is he's a bright spot in this movie. Yeah, he's the, the comic sidekick. He does way more in the, the uncut version. Mm-hmm. Like he has a whole other side thing that he's doing. But I I definitely I, I like John Favreau. I'm a fan. Yeah. Like whenever he's on. And this is, I mean, this is before he really took off as a director. I mean, this is before Elf. Yeah. And obviously before Iron Man. You and know. obviously his biggest claim to fame, Zathura. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. It's after the replacements, though. Ah, oh, man. He's one of those guys that can play, like, the brute and then the dumb sidekick. Like, it's wild. And then, obviously, Franklin, Foggy, and Nelson played by uh, Fulton Reed oh, in, right. in the TV show. I forget his name, but we're going to refer to him as his Mighty Ducks character. We got Joe Pantoliano as Ben Urick. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him in this. Yeah. You know, he, he's very much Knox from Batman 89. Yes. Chasing around the urban legend. It still blows my mind that Daredevil had time to not only paint... The two Ds in uh, in gasoline. gasoline, but also knew how to you know what it would look like. I love this. So the character of Yurik works for the New York Post in the movie rather than the Daily Bugle, as in the comics, because the film rights to the Bugle were held by Sony Pictures at the time. What are we doing here, people? Yeah, it's wild. Like seriously, are you kidding me? What you couldn't use the Daily Bugle because oh, God no. forbid, you know, had. Had Peter Parker worked for the New York Post in his entire career and they never even created the Daily Bugle, it wouldn't have been an issue. But because the Daily Bugle does not exist in real life, yeah. ridiculous. I, I would love to see the character of Ben Urich kind of jump in into this newer universe. And he's in the show, right? Here? Or is it just as another reporter? Like, I th- a- there's definitely another reporter. I'd have to double check, which I'm definitely not doing right now. Oh, shush. But yeah, he was in... Oh yeah, he was in... He's a series regular in the first season played by Vondi Curtis Hall. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, he was definitely in it. It's, it's been so long since Daredevil. You have David Keith as Jack Murdoch. I like David Keith. He's one of those actors that pops up every once in a while. Yep. You got... Let's see. Leland Orser as Wesley Owen Welch. And he's, a, again, another one of those actors that I've, I've seen in so many things and I've never really known who he was. He's in Taken... Yeah, he's one of those. Yeah, you see him, you know, you know his face, and and then, but you can never tell his name. Yeah, and then Ellen Pompeo as Karen Page. Yeah, that's I forgot right. that I forgot that Karen Page is even in this movie, much less played by Ellen Pompeo before. This is before Grey's Anatomy oh, and all that stuff. Yeah, like a year or two before. This yeah, is before old school. Oh God, I love old school. Stan Lee, Frank Miller, and Kevin Smith each make cameos on this. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Let's see. You got Paul Ben Victor plays Joe Jose Cazada. Named after Joe Quesada. So really, the uh, that's the biggest parts of the cast. And of course, there is a version. The uncut version features Coolio as Dante Jackson. <laughs> I love it. So what, what, anything that stands out to you about this movie? Anything that like you just you need to get off your chest about it? 
I mean, off my chest, no. I, I really don't have a bad thing to say about the movie. The movie is... It's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was made. It was watchable. It's not god-awful. It's, you know... It, again, it was just... It was it, it was at that time when, you know... we yeah, Well, we still have it today. Which is any type of comic book property. You gotta make it into a movie. And you know, maybe it was ahead of its time. Maybe it was a character, you know, that should have been held off you know but again marvel was not in the position it is today Mm -hmm. so it couldn't hold on to these characters so they had to sell the film rights to all these characters and you know and who would have i mean if marvel was in good standing financially always just never had an issue i mean who knows what we would have ever gotten i know i mean again you have to assume that like a kevin foggy would have been there in the 90s or someone like a kevin foggy would have been there in the 90s to oversee all these movies would we have gotten better comic book movies i mean who knows yeah it really is interesting but it it's a mixture of i probably the the, the studio interference with this movie i'm sure you know and i'm sure the director was probably trying to do a much darker movie cuz as you see in the director's cut it is pretty it's it, r rated it's r rated so you know, and Daredevil is an R-rated character. I mean, right. You see it on the show. So to make a PG-13 version of Daredevil, it's kind of like eh, watered down. Doesn't have that you know feel to it. Mm-hmm. I it's I would actually lose my mind, and I don't think they will. But in Secret Wars, mm-hmm. if he cameoed in some capacity, mm. this is the multiverse saga that we're talking about. If they were able to, even if he's not as Daredevil, like even as a as like you know Matt an Murdock, old, old Matt Murdock, that that would be wild. He wouldn't. Would, he wouldn't do it. But you never know. Well, he he's talked about how this film really like he never wanted to do another superhero film again. He that's why he almost didn't take Batman, Batman which is a shame because like he was. I did enjoy his Batman. I know you have lukewarm feelings about it, but I'm glad that he did. I would lose my mind though if turning some That'd sort of funny. Yeah, that yeah, would be so, really funny. And then you had Chad Favre right next to him as Happy Hogan. You're just like, and then who depending on who's in the multiverse is like Happy Foggy. Why don't we have See, full this names? Is the, this is the problem I have with Marvel. I'm sorry. It's just it's kind of getting. We're 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 worried. We're hoping for the nostalgia more than we are for the actual movie. Yeah, I mean, look at Deadpool three. We're more excited just because Hugh Jackman's in oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we were excited for De- Deadpool three to begin with because yeah. I think I love the first two. Oh yeah, they're great movies. Yeah, and the second one's one of those few ones that I enjoy. Almost as much as the first. But one. I mean, look at Doctor Strange. I think we were all going into Doctor Strange, like hoping more we were going to see, like you know, nostalgia characters. And then we when we really... got them, we were like, eh, eh you know. Yeah. Same thing with this. You know, you uh, Spider Man. I thought Spider Man actually did the better job. Did a good job, but you know, you did a good job. Well, on that dour note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to just very briefly talk about Electra and the Daredevil Netflix show. But first, a quick break. Hey guys, it's Paul, and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands, and the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on set as a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction you guys can get a hundred dollars worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys that's sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfit faction 
And we are back, and we are going to talk about, for some stupid reason, Electra 2005. So, with the the moderate success of Daredevil, and that's being kind, well, financially moderate, yeah, like it did well. We have, of course, we're going to get a sequel, and this is also this is really when comic book movies were were super taking off, like 2005. What Batman? Batman Begins. Yep, Blade Trinity, which sucked, um, even though so did this. Yeah. This sucked worse. I can watch Blade Trinity. This I have I don't think I've ever seen in its entirety since the first time I saw it. It is it is rough. Garner returns as Electra and she's serviceable. I think she's actually better in this movie acting wise. She was much more one dimensional in the in Daredevil. She was like, "Oh, I'm a damsel in distress." Just kidding, badass warrior. Like that kind of trope where it's like the, "Oh, you can't be a warrior. You're so beautiful." And she's like, "Yeah, I can beat you up." Like, so yeah. <laughs> it says here, in 1987, after the success of Frank Miller's Electra Assassin comic book, Marvel tried to adapt the novel into a live-action movie. Mm-hmm. They sold the rights to New Line Cinema. Frank Miller was hired to pen a screenplay. Other screenwriters were hired to write a second script. Oliver Stone signed on to direct and wanted a volleyball player slash model and actress Gabrielle Reese to star as Electra. Project was later canceled, and the rights were sold to 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Garner did not want to do the film, and only did it because she was legally required to do two contractual obligations from the first Daredevil. Yeah. So, apparently, they this was also while she was doing Alias, which, I don't, did you ever watch Alias? No, my mom did. I heard good things about it. Like yeah, it's, it was got, very it's got quite show. a following to it. But then you also have like Ben Affleck was supposed he, he films a cameo. Like you can you could see it online where it's more like a, a vision she has because mm-hmm. like Daredevil ended with her maybe being alive because remember she leaves the uh, the necklace in Braille for him mm. and he's like oh it's in Braille thank thank you Ben thank you for talking out loud to nobody so I, that's what I love about movies where he's standing on a rooftop alone he's like huh this is Braille well thank you Ben thank you for letting everybody know. And it is cut from the film, but you can again, you can watch it. It's like a vision that she has where he's like there to encourage her and be like, hey, don't give up. And she's like, wow, thanks, male protagonist. I needed that because I'm a female protagonist. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, the tropes are hard in this one, but we, they do stay away from some of them. Like, she is a, a strong, independent woman and blah, blah, blah. Like, she's, she's tough. I did enjoy certain parts of this. Like, she's an assassin. She's killing people in this movie. Like, that's her job. And we got we got some actual solid uh, casting. Terrence Stamp, mm. General Zod himself, is in this movie a stick. Stick's a guy named. He's St- a guy. He was once a guy. He, he's no, always he's, a guy. He's, he's still a, a guy. He's a blind ninja. And guess who he was the inspiration for? Daredevil. No. Yeah, well, in the comics, he trained Daredevil, but okay. he was the inspiration for Splinter from Ninja Turtles. Oh. All of Ninja Turtles is an homage and inspired by Daredevil. Interesting. Yep. So even like the the ooze and all that stuff, like the radioactive materials, like a lot of stuff gets uh, put back and forth between the two of them. So you have Electra, and basically she is working as an assassin, and very much like the give me the job, and then I do the job, and then I don't you know do anything else, and that's my life. You ever notice that like ninja assassins or like assassins that don't have any like luxury in life live in, live in very luxurious homes? Oh yeah. Like I only need my weapons and my Mental fortitude, but I also need this nine-bedroom, seven-bathroom, 40-yards, acres estate. That's all I need in life to be happy. Gotta be happy. That's all you need, right? But it's it's weird because this this movie brings in a whole level of supernatural, like a, like a, 
a big jump in the supernatural. Like everybody's able to do supernatural things, and it it is it's weird. Like they've they have characters named Typhoid, Stone, and Tattoo, and guess what? They all have powers that involve those kind of words. Like Tattoo has tattoos that come to life and do things. Typhoid, she makes you sick. <laughs> so it it's really weird and basically it's a very much like a reluctant hero type story where Electra's hired to kill these people but they're 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 not bad people it's this dad and his daughter like they're 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 nice they're adorable and she like saves them from the hands because they're the bad guys the opposite of the foot from Ninja Turtles that's where that name came from also and we find out that actually the daughter has like other superpowers and she's like this chosen mystical warrior and like Electra's like whoa better keep them safe it is bad the script is rough the the visuals are just as bad but a lot of descriptions making it better though i actually kind of want to go and watch the movie now oh my god if you want to make a drinking night out of this movie i I would be down there's a lot more movies i'd rather make a drinking night out of but this could be on the list every time just i ought to like loudly grown. So how about this? How about you take two weeks off from work, I take two weeks off from work, and we just drink every day and watch really shitty movies and record our responses to them. I mean, it's kind of what we do. Just we would have have a little bit more free time to do it. (laughs) It's it's kind of very similar to... Isn't that how this podcast started? Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. But this movie's rough. It is is painful. And just... Please express how much more painful this is. I, I can't with words. With with guttural groans, maybe. <laughs> or what's our favorite one on Cinematic Adventures? Space Jam 2? Crap. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Th- y- again, you had no desire to see this movie at all? No. Not at all. No. I remember the trailer came out. I'm going like, she died. Yeah. Uh, but ironically, no, no Golden Razzies. Even though uh, it definitely deserved it. And ironically enough... Ben Affleck got Golden Razzies for Daredevil on yeah. top of Paycheck and Julie. Did you ever see Julie? Yes. Oh, God. Did you ever see Paycheck? I liked Paycheck. It actually wasn't that bad. Yeah. Still never seen Julie, though. G- oh, I've seen bits and pieces. I've seen I've seen enough of it to know that it would just not be fun. And it, <laughs> it's just it's it's terrible. It, to be not with fun. it is offensive. In, and, oh, my God, yes. Apparently, Jennifer Lopez is like a lesbian in it, but not for Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck fixes it. And then she, she's like, she's trying to seduce him and she makes a line about turkeys and she goes, it's turkey time. And he's like, what? You can watch it. It's a great meme. And she's like, and she goes, gobble, gobble. And I was like, even JLo could not save that line. And the kid from The Hangover, who gets a lot, who they lose, who do they lose in The Hangover, the first one? Who, who's the oh, first? oh, you said kid. Yeah, sorry. So At I'm like, time, that he, was a baby. <laughs> in Geely, he was a kid. I'm sorry. But it's Justin, Justin Bartha. He was a kid in Geely? He he was in Geely. He plays like J-Lo's younger brother and he's like mentally challenged. Oh. And it is not, it is not aged well. Like, you know that movie with Johnny Knoxville? Where, the Ringer? Yeah. That movie aged better. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, let's jump forward to something much better yeah, though. Yeah, please. Daredevil on Netflix. Now we've talked about the Netflix shows on this. In fact, it's one of our highest downloaded episodes of all time, our discussion about all the Netflix shows. Oh yeah. Let's... So how much of Daredevil did you watch? <laughs> I I want to say like 
the first season, but mm-hmm. I don't remember any of it, honestly. Interesting. I, I love Daredevil. It was good, but I just wasn't that invested in it. That's, that's a shame. I, I really wish you would go back and, and invest yourself in it. Oh, I got a lot of things I got to invest in. Uh, yeah, I know, right? So many shows. Melanie and I just watched two episodes of The Last of Us in a row last well, night. So, fun fact. So, Kate and I want to watch a show together. You know, we want to watch a show that neither of us has watched. Ooh. So, I just started listing shows I've never seen. And, like, you know, like all these... This show, I've seen it. This show, I've seen it. This show, I've seen it. So we finally came on to Yellowstone. It's the only show like where the two of us have not I watched it. I think Melanie and I have only watched the first episode. Yeah. And we just, it, like, it was all right. We just it's didn't... Dallas. Like, it's literally a 2020 version of Dallas. Yeah. So it's like a, a soap opera. That's fine. But I'll I, try it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Oh, and we watched the new Jason Siegel show, Shrinking. Oh, yeah, we watched you were the first episode that. Yeah, yeah. of that. That was pretty good. But... Let's talk about Netflix's Daredevil. Let's do. So the first season comes out, and nobody knew what to expect because we still we still thought Daredevil, and unfortunately, we well, still thought Ben Affleck. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the whole trope of you know when Batman came out trying to get rid of the you know the bang zoom you know thing. You know, it's like you got to erase the crappy part and rebuild well, even, it. Even like Batman Begins is coming out, people were still talking about Batman and Robin. It wasn't too far. No, it was eight years. Yeah, that makes sense. and this, this sounds about gonna, right. Yeah, you're always gonna. So this when did, two thousand this show came out in two thousand fifteen? Yeah, buddy. Wow. And this show has probably one of the most passionate fan bases of all time. Yeah, We've got a passionate fan base. You have a passionate fan base. I am a passionate <laughs> fan base. I am the hype. But this show came out and people loved it. And it, it as uh, the yeah the words. So you had a couple of shows come out of the Netflix era. You had this, then Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and then Defenders. The general consensus is this and Jessica Jones are the best of the series. Really? Oh, yeah. I, always, I thought I heard bad things about Jessica Jones. It depends on who you ask. I thought but, I asked you. No, I... could be wrong. So, Jessica Jones I had to warm up to because also, I was not the target audience for Jessica Jones. Oh. And I had to accept that and I had to be like, well, let me look at it from a different different perspective because it, you know, it's, it's a different kind of show. And it is, it is depressingly dark. Like, this, this is dark violent. Jessica Jones can be depressingly dark, but they do a great job. And we, you know, we talked about it on our episode. So well, your favorite was Iron Fist, wasn't it? Oh my God. Said nobody ever. God, Iron Fist, man. We, we were afraid that that was actually going to just derail the whole thing. Yeah. Then Defenders came out and did it itself. <laughs> Iron Fist season two was, was supposedly better than Iron Fist season one. I didn't finish. I finished Jessica Jones. I finished Daredevil. I think I finished Luke Cage, but I didn't finish Iron Fist. And then obviously I finished Punisher too. I always forget Punisher's the the other one of this group. But again, season two is where they introduced Punisher on Daredevil, and the two of them have such a great rapport and just a great like back and forth. That's what Batman and Superman should have been. Mm. But unfortunately we didn't get that. Damn it. But the show is fantastic. And if you guys want to hear more about it, please listen to our episode on it. Because that, that, we're doing a short episode today. That's, that's actually... Now, are you looking forward to the new Daredevil TV show that's coming out to Disney Plus? I am Charlie very... Cox is coming back. Yeah. But he will not hide from the fact that it's not going to be the same show. Yeah. So we... Producer Melanie and I watched She-Hulk. And we, we enjoyed it for the most part. It was it was, it was was there. It existed. Some, mm-hmm. some of it was really good. Others we were just kind of like, eh. I was most excited for the Daredevil stuff, and I was also very worried because Daredevil was a different character in the show. And even though they brought back Charlie Cox, and it's supposedly, quote-unquote, the same one, it's much more 
like jokey and quippy, which is fine. They do pay a lot of homage to him as, you know, like to the Netflix show, like they play the theme music at one point. There's a hallway scene, you know, because mm-hmm. the famous hallway fights of Daredevil. And it, it'll be interesting to see more of what they're going to do with Daredevil because the courtroom stuff was a lot of fun with him where he comes in and just basically owns Jessica Jones, not Jessica, She-Hulk. It's yeah. really funny. And they, they have a very good rapport and very good chemistry. I'm very I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I don't mind a more lighthearted Daredevil, but just remember like remember what made the Netflix show so great and what made the movie so bad. And I think you'll be okay. All right. So, let's jump into Fan Feedback Friday. So, at the time of recording, it is Sunday, February 12th, Super Bowl Sunday. That's right. Sports. And we have about 5 days till the release of Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and we we wanted to put out there, Fan Feedback Friday was, what are your theories? What are some theories that you have about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? And unfortunately, they're all very depressing. So we have we get to see how much of a threat Kang is by actually killing Ant-Man and at least one of the Pims. I could see a Hank Pym dying in this. Yeah, I can't imagine he'd kill both Ant-Man and, why am I blanking on her name? Wasp? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Cassie Lang taking over as the, the Avenger version, like, you know, the current hero, because that's what they're doing. A lot of the kid heroes taking over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes sense. Kang escaping the quantum realm. It's going to end with them returning to an altered timeline and possibly a cameo from the hero from a hero that we thought was gone. That's from our friend Alex. I like Alex. He's really good with stuff like this. And Ant-Man going to die. I, I feel like Ant-Man going to die. Ant-Man going to die. I feel like Paul Rudd is not going to be surviving this movie, unfortunately. But... Yeah, that's our Fan Feedback Friday. If you guys are looking to participate, it's super easy. You go to Facebook, look up the Multiverse Fancast. Every Friday between 8 and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will find a Fan Feedback Friday. So make sure you guys check that out. You can also find us on all of our social media. We have Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Type in the Multiverse Fancast or Misfit Faction, and odds are you find some of our stuff. If you're looking to hear more of the dulcet tones of one Sean over here, you can check out Cinematic Adventures. That's our other podcast where we talk mostly just movies, and we're, we just started our Harry Potter series coming out. We did in honor of we're, Hogwarts. We're Legacy. going, we're going, we're going strong into that series. It's gonna be interesting. So make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. And also, don't forget to check out MF Uncensored Podbean featured podcast of the month. Still two months in a row now, we're on the featured podcast list. So make sure you guys check that out. We have interviews and topical stuff on that show as well. But this was fun, Sean. Thank you for for hanging out and doing this. Uh, you are welcome. Yep. You are welcome. Uh, yeah. And you know, you were like, you were you were begging. You were like, hey man. I need to do a multiverse episode. Can you help me? And I was like, well, what else have I got to do today? Uh, sure. Yeah, the game doesn't start for another hour and a half. Yeah. 6.30. 6.40. I think 6.30. I don't know. Usually they start, well, when I say early, they start like 6.30. I'm already tired. Like, I'm already ready for bed. My goal is to make it to halftime. That's all you need. Are you, to finish halftime or make it to Well, halftime? I'm not a big Rihanna fan, but I still would watch it because you never... The big thing with the, the halftime shows now is who else is going to be there. Yeah, and the memes. So, I don't give a crap about the memes. Yeah. So, I know for Kate, she's hoping... I don't think it's going to happen, but she's hoping Taylor Swift makes an appearance. Uh-huh, I've heard of her. her and Rihanna... I guess, sir, friends. Oh, sure. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. know. Well, I guess if you're listening to this tomorrow, the day after Super Bowl, you will be able to tell us what happens. But that's going to wrap us up today. As always, I'm Paul. Not Ronnie. And we'll be back in a flash. You're supposed to say see ya. Oh, goodbye.